Welcome back, Blockheads, to another edition of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the most important person in the game, the Dungeon Master, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all the players at your table. I'm one of your hosts, Dungeon Master Chris. And I'm Dungeon Master Mitch. And this week we have a special episode for you. It is another one of the epilogue nights that we do here at the Dungeon Master's Block. This time it's for my campaign, the Solarian Islands campaign. And we will have a whole bunch of stuff, questions about deep, quote-unquote, philosophical <laughs> questions. That's that always my favorite asked. part. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll tell you what happened at the end, but I always love when we yep. delve into just the questions the players have and sometimes the GM has. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but before we do that, as we always do, we have a five-star review for you this week. Yes, our five-star review comes from King of Rock 311 and it's entitled, Very Helpful, Five Stars. Our friends are all new to D&D. This has been great to learn how and what DMs can do. I look forward to catching up on back episodes. So thank you so much, King of Rock 311. Yeah, thank you so much, King of Rock 311. And with that, let's head into the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? Looks like meat back on the menu, boys. So this week for the meet, we are going back to the Solarian Islands once again for conversation about our epilogue night. We'll wrap up some things that you might have questions about as the listeners and what some people at here, at, what some of the players here at the table will have questions about. We'll get into some of that. So just a quick recap on the campaign. If you haven't listened to all of the story times before you get here. The Solarian Islands are a set of islands in the middle of the ocean in my world. And the group is a very eclectic group. Tyler, who did you play in this campaign? I played Howie Chuchip. And Casey, who did you play in this campaign? Uh, I played Hanta Zerilis. Yep, and Jared, who is unfortunately not here to record, was your brother, correct? That's how it worked out? Or was he just a best friend? Okay, and he played Caesar. Another character who is not here, Jason, played Zyvere our tiefling warlock, and another person that is not here, Caleb, Paladin Caleb, played Solus, the half-elf bard. And Mitch, who did you play and what was your I played Maglath, although the entire party continuously called him by the name Bors, even when he told everybody that wasn't his (laughs) name, um, the Goliath Barbarian. Yes, and so this eclectic group of people from all over the world of Panthea was brought to the Solarian Islands for a festival, a festival of ships. A ship blew up, and all sorts of chaos ensued after that. Some of the players were arrested, put in prison. You then broke everybody out. Harlan Planer, this guy that was a part of the Royal Council of Religions and Cults, started to take over the island slowly but surely in the hopes of releasing this powerful demon, Alzog. And so then we ended up getting to the final battle. Uh, You guys ended up making it to this other plane of existence it seems like through this dimensional rift uh and what ended up happening in that last battle how did it start turning yes harlan planer showed up into the plane in which we were we were not in pantheon i think we were in a different plane and he was on top of a building with a big bonfire at the top of the building and he had some kind of epic speech that i may not have remembered i think it was like the tower of orthanc or something like that <laughs> yeah, maybe 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 and then he said some words and turned into some yeah kind of he, flesh golem thing he ended up sucking the fire from the bonfire into his body 
cracking open a bone of Alzog and like drinking the marrow out of it. And that weird concoction mixed together made his body just explode into this weird creature that was just, like it was it was imagine a human blown up like 10 like probably probably like four sizes with just the muscle showing on the outside and a lower half that wasn't fully formed with like purplish clouds you could kind of see through on the bottom part of it that's kind of what it looked like to you guys when you were fighting so he jumps off from the top of the tower these little teeny tiny creatures explode out of him once he lands that were kind of around him fighting at the same time and what ended up happening in that battle when you guys fought against him? Well, what what was around? What was lining the outside of almost like the ring that you guys were fighting within? Do you guys remember? Demons. Yeah. Tons awesome. of demons. Basically, like it was the classic. Um, Big bad is like I don't need you. I'll take them on by myself. Like the um, I th- my thought immediately goes to the third Matrix where you have like millions of agent smiths and one of them is just like no 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 yeah. i've got yeah. this <laughs> it would have turned out a lot differently had all those agents right? <laughs> yeah they were kind of there as like the ropes of a wrestling ring like if somebody were to go too far they would push, <laughs> push you back you. Yeah, in. Get, yeah. back in get back in there get back in there yeah i kind of thought of it as Maj Pit, but <laughs> <laughs> with it, yeah. uh, they're, they're with throwing up devil's horns <laughs> <laughs> and the guy from uh, mad max is there with his sweet fire guitar <laughs> oh gosh yeah, and so you guys started out in this battle, and some very interesting things happened within this battle. So it started out with Elzog kind of, I don't know what kind of attack it was. He let out like this booming attack. roar that had some power behind it. Yeah. yeah, and a couple of us, I think Jared and I, were maddened from this. Mm-hmm. this yeah, you were short-term of, maddened, yeah. Yeah, I was susceptible to pretty much anything someone said i would go do it <laughs> yeah what you um, think is pretty bad until you got to jared and what yeah. the maddening well, effect yours was, was you couldn't harm anything you couldn't harm yourself you couldn't intentionally harm right, yourself in the act but yeah. i was pretty much susceptible to anything anyone anything else, else said, yeah. which didn't come into play which was nice but it, again it wasn't as bad as what happened to jared he was pretty much he retreated into his own mind and was paralyzed from fear. Yeah, for, 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 what, 80 80 for eight rounds. minutes, which <laughs> translates into eighty rounds yeah. D and so D time he was, until he took damage, which would break him free from it. Yeah, I don't think that he, happened. He so took we damage, won't be telling yeah. you a well, lot about what Jared did during this battle because yeah, no. spoiler, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was paralyzed until he took more damage later on and mm. died from that subsequent damage. But yeah, the uh, attack also took one of our. Nearest and dearest friends. Our dearly beloved, intelligent dog, Hound. Yeah, Hound died, which sent Maglath, oh, how wouldn't you know it, into a rage uh, as a barbarian. And he just ran up and started attacking this gross, demonic demon. (laughs) Demonic demon. This gross, deformed (laughs) demon. Yeah, he, Boars just basically went full out in this instant. Um, And yeah, everybody just kept attacking. He once again, like, this creature has this weird recharge rule where it's like you have to roll a six in order to recharge that big, booming roar attack that he has. First round after he does it, he rolls a six. So the next round he has that uh, power available to him again. Sure enough, does it again. This is what takes Jared's character out, finally knocks him down. Uh, and yeah, you guys just kept fighting. He had this weird move where he would pick up these little creatures and kind of feast on them, and he would gain health back from them. So they were they were buffers as well as they were creatures that he could gain health from as well. Yeah, so the battle ensues, the battle ensues, the battle ensues. 
you guys end up who ended up putting the killing blow on him? You did, right, that would Casey? Be me. How, describe how that happened in that instance. So I wanted it to be really cool, even though Boars was the one that did pretty much all of the damage. But I like to think of it oh, as my kill. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much just climbed up. Mine is Maglath, by the way. <laughs> Maglath, Boars, whatever. But yeah, I just kind of crawled up his back from behind and stabbed him right in the head, like a cool Legolas move. Sadly, it still only counted as one. <laughs> it was cool nonetheless. But yeah, so you ended up killing him. You did a bag of backflip thing off of his body. What ended up happening once you dealt the killing blow, though? Because the battle wasn't exactly over at that he instant. He exploded. <laughs> and then he exploded. <laughs> the pig turned inside out. <laughs> and it exploded. And it exploded! <laughs> <laughs> After I stabbed him in the head, I did like a cool backflip off of him and he pretty much exploded and the whole plane of existence we were on started to shake and pretty much collapse in on. Yeah, he sent out a huge amount of damage when he exploded on the level of that roar attack. In that in that explosion, that was kind of the killing blow that ended up making Jared die a lot quicker because he failed another saving throw and ended up dying shortly after that. The whole plane of existence started shaking and literally crumbling at your feet. I almost imagined it as this at the end of the uh, Return of the King in Lord of the Rings when Mordor starts to fall apart. That was what I imagined in this moment. Right near the Tower of thing. And so demons start scrambling out of this plane of existence through the portal. You guys start scrambling out of the uh, plane of existence through the portal. And I think we had to like pick up half of our party. Yeah, yeah. At this point, yep. Solus had gone down, so I'm picking him up. Yep. Um, Caesar had gone down. Caesar had gone down, up. yep. And I believe, Howard, you were running around. You were healing a couple people. No, I was down. I think, yeah. Oh, yeah, you were down, too. So Who picked you up? So I think poured a potion in your yeah. mouth. Yeah. And, you, and then, like, of course, I picked up Hound as well. And yeah, man. We had, we had, it was a tough battle. Even though I know, Chris, you had said, wow, you guys made way quicker work at this yeah, it was, character than I thought. Yeah, it was like six thought. rounds. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's a lot quicker than I thought. But he did a lot more but damage he did than a I lot thought of he was damage. Do too. Yeah. 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 And I mean, there is the, that battle could have gone so much different had a bunch of us not rolled high on our will saves against that roar attack yeah. because had he not gotten the recharge what if we either. all failed and we all ended up like well for the next eight minutes <laughs> <laughs> like it would have been a really anticlimactic battle but that would have been that would have been a pretty epic way to go down like, yeah. so that remember the time we fought the boss battle and all of us just immediately <laughs> like we're useless yeah. i was always just sitting there just poking at us <laughs> oh, for eight minutes. yeah we, guys we can just poke them for seven minutes once once we hit seven minutes we have to chop their heads off <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I gave you guys four rounds in order to make it out off of the off of the plane of existence. You guys got there in three, which was I didn't tell you how many rounds ahead of time you would have had. So some of you could have gotten left behind uh, if you hadn't have made it out all the way. But you guys thankfully made it out all the way. At this point, I pretty much said, "Well, the campaign is done." I mean, you see a whole bunch of demons running around. You guys did a little bit of killing some on the way out, but at this point, I kind of want to transition a little bit what did your characters do afterwards we'll start with boars because because it makes sense because it makes sense to start with yours Um, yours was the shortest time yeah well well it is and it isn't which is funny because boars became part of the discussion (laughs) long after (laughs) this which was kind of funny but yeah i had decided that you know boars 
Boris, I'm doing it now. Maglath uh, had <laughs> reached this point in this campaign where he reached it a while ago where he just had seen, with an intelligence of four, like he just had seen <laughs> way more stuff than he could mentally handle. Like he was already past the point of being able to handle most stuff. And now it was just like beyond that point. Especially uh, since Hound so, died. Yeah, yeah, and Hound's dead now. Uh, and so he really decided that... And going along with this, he had at this he had start started to feel a lot more compassion towards like uh, people in need who were weaker than him, and so he like it might not have came out so much because of the fact that he couldn't speak well, uh, but that was something that was going through his little brain, uh, and so he decided that he was going to give fight these demons that are, were running around that were released into the world, and he would. I told you I was like Chris like. I'm going to keep running after these demons and fighting them until I can no longer fight or they take me down. Um, and so Maglath went over to uh, Solus, put his hand on his shoulder and just kind of said goodbye, did the same thing to Howie and Zyvir and, and Hanta. He did not say goodbye to Caesar and not because of ill feelings towards Caesar, but because something else that we'll have to discuss. Uh, but yeah, he just ran off and he, he died fighting these escaped demons just in battle. Yeah. And they buried you at the foot of yep. that mountain in remembrance of like what you did. Buried me right battle. next to Hound, yeah. just yep. like I would have liked it. Yep. But that wasn't the end for, for, uh, Maglath. No. Maybe, maybe unfortunately, maybe not unfortunately. <laughs> I'm sure that'll come we'll, up with the rest we'll, of the character we'll stories. Yeah. Hansa. Hansa, what did you do uh, in the epilogue? What did you decide to do? So, Solus and I, we were going to chase after Maglath, but we kind of figured doing what he was going to do, that's what he wanted to happen with his life. So, we kind of just let it happen. And then I think I just kind of, after that, went back to Pohi, my home island where all the Camilos live and I pretty much dedicated myself to taking any of the other Camilos that wanted to to go back to to Mortendale to rebuild this city that had been destroyed by all the events leading up to what just happened yeah because the Solarian Islands is in shambles right now yeah. most of the cities are because uh, all of the powerful people in the cities were rounded up and pretty much sacrificed to that big bonfire on top of the tower in order to help Harlan gain as much power as possible. The other reason I brought them to the main island was to get Camilo's more integrated into society instead of just being pretty much secluded, secluded and isolated people. Pony yeah, in, in their native ways. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And what did Howie end up doing in this? Okay, instance? so we came out of the portal with the demons. We fought our way outside of the base of the volcano. Worked our way outside. We had the dead body of Caesar. I decided to reincarnate Caesar. He came back as a high elf. Mm -hmm. Which Camilos really, really love elves. They have a they have a fondness for elves that uh, they don't exactly know why, but they just have this great love for elves. And so for him to come back as an elf was pretty special for him. That's why I didn't say goodbye, because Maglet did not understand who the heck this elf was that was standing there <laughs> in the nude. Didn't yeah, that's know right. what was going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. She just kind of looked at him and was like, what? <laughs> who, who is this? So yeah, after I reincarnated Caesar into a high elf, I decided my job was done. I had completed what had been asked of me, and I took Caesar and... Hanta back to Pohi with me using my uh, transport via plant. So we found a large tree and then we were in Pohi instantly. 
And I went back to my druid place with all my other druid friends and helped them to become better druids. Yeah, and we had uh, Caesar, who he just kind of went back and lived among his Camilo family <laughs> members he as an elf. An elf. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, I'm pretty sure he was pretty messed up we, at that we point. We joked that like all the Camilo women will watch him walk past. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Zyvir, we figured out he went on and he's, he's like, I don't have any more information, any more knowledge, because he was really big on gaining knowledge. So he left to go explore the rest of the world, find more knowledge. And eventually the Order of the Elkshire approached him, the people that you guys all hated and he himself hated, and said, hey, why don't you come and join us? You will be given a plane of existence to manage where you will have one item that is stored there and you will become a part of the Order of the Elkshire and just be one of the most powerful wizards in the world. And he said yes to it, which was weird because I didn't think he was going to say yes to it because of his great hatred for them in this campaign. But yeah, so he said yes to that and... Solus ended up trying to train for a while so that he could get he want, a resurrection spell. He so wanted he to could bring go back me back. Yeah, Maglath back. Maglath back. And he got to that point he where he could point, do it. But he went but. back to the grave. <laughs> yep. And the grave was empty, and Maglath was not there. And because if he, if he was a level 20 ranger, perhaps he would have found two sets of familiar footprints there. Yep. Because I believe first Howie Chuchip returned to my grave. I did. I came back. I have... Within 10 days, I can come and try to reincarnate, so I did, and he didn't want to come back. Yeah, you, like, we, we we tried to, like, figure out what the spell, like, said about, like, well, do I have to come back? Like, is it involuntary? And it's if the soul is willing, and so, basically, you tried to bring me back to life, and um, Chris, I, I, because it doesn't say anything about this in the in the books i asked like okay my soul's trying to is has this pulling feeling am i able to manifest in the littlest of ways to try and communicate uh to howie and so uh although i did not come back you saw a um the flowers on top of hound's grave like rustle which was me trying to say bring back hound but you weren't able to do that because it wasn't a humanoid so sadly my efforts to bring back hound instead of me did not go um go anywhere then zyvir came back and zyvir decided to bring me back but I didn't have a choice. With your soul at that <laughs> no, point. it was a resurrection of my body, not my soul. And so he brought back a basically a zombie Maglath to serve him at every will, which I was totally cool with and thought was awesome. And then he decided to join that guild full of people <laughs> yeah, who I freaking yeah. hate, like as a player and as a character. But your soul had and no so, idea this was like, happening. So then like Solus returned, eventually Solus returned and he's trying to bring me back. And like, I'm like, can my soul communicate? with him that he needs to find my body and i believe that's what he kind of like tried to do over that was the years the end of his, he, yeah. he decided like yeah i'm going to search the land to see if i can figure out who took my friend's yeah. body and it never ne- never came of anything but um it was kind of an interesting end for that so that's that's how Magleth kept coming back up so yeah so that that was what you guys all did for the time being and at the very end uh i basically said there were letters sent out to you in order to have you come back to the Solarian Islands as a, there was like statues of you put up in the city of Mortendale, the capital of the Solarian Islands, in memory of what you guys did on the fifth anniversary of the defeat of Harlan Planer at the mount or at the base of Mount Vallow. And so you guys came back. We ended the night with some 
uh, sparkling grape juice in some cups as like, hey, we're having fun here. This is the end. And now in that city, there will forever be, unless something else crazy happens on the Solarian Islands, there will forever be statues of your in your memory in the town square, each and every single one of you. So could be some fun little cameos if you guys ever make it back to the Solarian Islands again in the future. But that was where we ended. You guys successfully, with a couple th- people dying, uh, ended up defeating Harlan Planer in the Solarian Islands campaign, and that's that's where we ended. And so I guess I just want to open it up to you guys. Are there any questions that you had, anything that's lingering that you want to know more about from this campaign? I guess one, I guess it's kind of a small question, and maybe some of your listeners are wondering, in kind of where does this take place on your timeline as opposed to, like, the first campaign we did? Uh, yeah. Which so the first campaign that we did... The first campaign was the Dragon Wars Was campaign. the Dragon Wars. The Dragon Wars campaign was about 1,500 years into the timeline of Panthea. This one was about 250 years after that campaign. And where so, is the next campaign going to take place that the, we're going to be beginning? Yes, the next campaign is taking place shortly before the Dragon Wars campaign. So they're all within about a thousand years of each other. Um, but yeah, so that's the that's the general progression that we're we're going in so far. I have a question: Was Harlan Planer attempting to become Alzog to reincarnate Alzog? To what was his plan? If we weren't there to stop him, I was. I wanted to ask pretty much the same question. I was wondering. Like it was this the was this the way that Alzog was only way that he could come back like through like and and if so like why why like was Alzog a demon that was slayed a long time ago and this was yeah, a spell Alzog, that could bring him back Alzog uh, was a name that he kind of created for another demon earlier on uh, well it's it's one of the many names that this demon had earlier on one of the lesser known names and. This was all stuff going on behind the scenes, but he thought when this originally started that he would be able to actually resurrect Alzog himself. In the end, he found out that wouldn't happen through a lot of reading and a lot of research and and things like that. And the only thing that he could figure out how to do was morph himself with this ancient powerful being in some way hoping that Alzog's personality would shine through in all of that, which indeed ended up happening. It was like, that creature was a combination of both Harlan Planer's consciousness and Alzog's consciousness constantly fighting with inside of uh, that weird manifestation creature there. So, yeah, that was the upper half was the portion of the human that was really expanded and stretched. The lower half was the demon portion of him not fully formed because it couldn't come back fully in full on demon form. So, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Another question. Yeah. Order of the Elkshire. We spent about an hour uh, and a half there <laughs> walk, talking in circles with these Why? frustrating, Why? frustrating Why? wizards. What did we need to do in order to get the weapon? Or was that just a dead end that you were laughing at us the entire time for? It was a dead end that I was just laughing at you for the whole time. Yeah. Curses. <laughs> I was glad you figured out that they were really powerful people and just decided to walk away. <laughs> Whether it was out of frustration yeah. or not, I'm really glad you figured that out because that's where the campaign could have potentially ended. <laughs> the plane collapsed on itself when we defeated the Harlan Planer Alzog hybrid beast thing. Why? 
So these planes were created a long, long time ago and forgotten. And they were the fire that was in the middle there was the thing that was holding it all together, that one plane. Harlan figured out a way to get there by building a portal underneath that temple that you guys were in. And once he absorbed all of that fire, the fire was then inside him. If it, if he was stable, if it was alive in him still, everything would be fine on that plane of existence. But when he was destroyed and he exploded, the fire was put out, and that was the only magical source that was holding that plane together. And so you guys had a very short period of time once that fire was extinguished in order to make it out of that plane. So, yeah, that's that's how that worked. So could there have been a way for us to, I guess not us, but someone to, like as he is about to explode, recapture the fire? Like, keep the fire going? No, there there wasn't any way at that point in time. It had been unleashed from its stable form into a very unstable form with such powerful magic that it would be really, really hard, near, basically impossible to try and harness that and put it back in its place. So, two questions. One, and then a follow-up question. Uh, we were in introducing this story to the fact that we were people that had past lives. So resurrection, um, that I'm assuming wasn't just a ridiculous story, but that was actually how things are. So, um, reincarnation is something in Panthea. Yeah. Is that the general rule of thumb, thumb for Panthea? Like reincarnation all life reincarnated upon death. Once once life is created by the gods, they're constantly creating new lives, souls, whatever you want to call it, and they're putting them into the world. So some people that are born are actually first-time people on the earth um, or on, on the land of Pantheon. Gotcha. Resurrection is a normal thing for, for life forms that have been there multiple, multiple times. Reincarnation is. Yeah, reincarnation is. So if you were a intelligent humanoid, you would be reincarnated as an intelligent humanoid again. If you were a beast, you would be reincarnated as some sort of beast again. If you were a plant, you'd be reincarnated as some sort of plant again, things like that. So, so my question is with reincarnation being the the way that creatures come back into the world after they die, how does that work with resurrection in your world? Like, I mean, we brought back um, Caesar. Uh, we were thinking about bringing back my character like how does that so i imagine have you ever seen the the cartoon hercules before with like the yes, pool of, of souls that are down in the, <laughs> down on the ground? Hero. Yeah. so there's there's like this pool of souls down uh in uh, well it's actually on another plane somewhere it's like a holding ground almost like hades you know that that sort of imagery yeah. everybody has a quote-unquote timer before it's your turn to be resurrected again um and so once you get past that time, so say, you know, Maglath or Bors, whatever you want me to call him, his timeline was six months, and Solas came back and tried to resurrect him again, it wouldn't be possible. He would feel no pulling of a soul coming back, nothing like that, because he was already reincarnated into something else. What would you say is, like, the average time that it takes? Uh, it's based a lot off of the things that you've done. So the more that you do uh, in a lifetime if you've done a lot more things, like as far as like, I'm assuming you mean things, like good things, yeah, yeah. good things. If you do a lot more good things, um, the gods will see you as more fit to come back quicker because you've invested a lot more into the world. You're seen in a lot higher standard. If you do a lot poorer things, they kind of keep you in there. You have a lot more time to think, although you don't remember things from your past life, 
it can it can help guide you once you do come back you have like this innate feeling that like i had a lot of time to think in this pool because of the terrible things that i've done and then you come back and you're you're more likely to do good in those instances than so than like when it comes to D spells that say like you can resurrect this creature uh this humanoid um as long as it's a century or three centuries after like obviously that seems to me like that doesn't compute with like the world that of Panthea. So in your mind, does that change how those spells work that it's like, no, you it just makes them lesser time or is there something else yeah, there? They're still really, really powerful spells. It's just the timer. You don't know what the timer is for each person. So you wouldn't know whether it's, six but it would or a never probably be a hundred years or something. You, they, there's probably less have, of a timer yeah, in Panthea than yep. we can, we can bring this guy back. Right. Um, yeah. It's a lot less, a lot less time in between resurrections. Cause I didn't want to, totally get rid of resurrection but i also didn't want it to be something that it's like oh i could find somebody from a millennia ago and resurrect them so that was kind of the the middle ground where i was like it's fun to play with resurrection but i don't want it to be crazy to the point where you can bring somebody back from you know a super super long time ago it seems like liches and things like that would be even more of an abomination against the gods then because it's like it's not just cheating death but it's interrupting a a cycle of the cosmos kind of thing that yeah. you're supposed to come back and go along this cycle kind of thing. And kind of playing off this, I just have a question. I don't know if you exactly have the answer, but you said that like the gods kind of choose when we come back. Now, obviously my kind of thinking is our characters have been reincarnated multiple, multiple times before this. Was it kind of, did the gods know these events were going to happen? Like Elzog coming back, so they kind of like fished us out of the pool and was like, all right, you guys need to come back to defend against Elzog, or was it just purely based on luck that they all they fished all of us out pretty much around the same time? Yeah, that's a good question. They They knew... The gods in my world are not all-knowing. They don't know everything that's going to happen in the future... Uh, from the point that they're on, but they're really good at interpreting the signs of things. I mean, they can pretty much hear and see and, you know, watch anything that's happening in the world. So they, they could interpret what Harlan Planer was doing the whole time by based off of what he's learning, what he's studying, you know, the, things like that. So they can get a good grip on what they're doing. So yeah, they, in that instance, some of your characters had been reincarnated before. They may have died at a certain time and they said, okay, we're watching this guy now we're going to hold off a few more years or whatever to reincarnate them at that specific time that they could all meet up. And, and if, and if nothing happened with it, you guys would have just walked the earth as those people again. Uh, if not, like in this case, he, he ended up trying to follow through with it. You guys were put in the right place. They gave Ashtar, Ashtar Vesh signs uh, of who you were and helped her interpret that correctly for you to say, you guys are these old heroes come back again ready to defend the islands when you were called upon. Who the heck is Asher? <laughs> She's some kind of like prophet. Is she human? She's yeah, she's she's human. There's a couple of these people. Uh they're they're called the speakers of the dead. They're people that can commune with the gods about the dead. And so she was able to in this instance get a vision of who you were. She has this place with this whole temple underneath her rickety old shack up there she can then say 
you guys need to know who you are. She doesn't always need to do that with people. Um, but in this instance, she said, nope, they need to know who they are because your group is a pretty motley crew who might not have stuck together throughout the whole thing because you guys were very, very different in your personalities. And she needed to give you something that said, no, look, you guys, no matter what your differences are, you're not perfect together. You need some reason to stick together. You guys are old heroes that are being called upon again to defend the Solarian Islands from this terrible evil that might unleash itself. So I was under the impression that Ashtarvesh was one of the heroes that fought Alzog back. She was friends with the you first guys time. Back, yeah, back the first but she time. Did, did she fight him the first time too? She did not fight him the first time. Okay. Yeah. And you said she was a human. Yeah. How is she still alive? She's a speaker. She's a speaker of the dead. So they get given, long life. Given, yeah, given okay. long life. Long yeah. life or immortality? Long life. Yeah. What so does that much mean? like much like the phoenix. Much like the phoenix. Speaker yeah. Of, yeah, speaker for the god Pinion. Yeah, you're you're given extremely long life, but not immortality. Yeah. And so in that instance, she would be brought back really quickly again because she did a lot of good things for for the world. Yeah. I have a question. I don't know if this was intentional, but this is what I got from the campaign. Um, we were all part of the Solarian Islands. The Solarian Islands, like the government, the people of the Solarian Islands, fell under the control of Harlan Planer, and Harlan like started doing dark magic, turning the knights of the Solarian Knights like into these dark creatures um, that did his bidding. Uh, then we had um, the rebel group, the Bounty List, and we also had the the junkies uh, <laughs> that lived on, uh, yeah. under the uh, from Javaris Vera, the steam yeah vent the green things. steam vent yeah. volcano. Um, I did not feel like there were heroes in this campaign. I did not feel like anybody we met was noble and good and was that intentional and why uh yeah it wasn't necessarily intentional it's it's what i found the group clicked with the most in this instance it wasn't necessarily somebody was like hello i'm the paladin i'm the noble hero i'm gonna come alongside you know things like that i just noticed that that was kind of the flow that this pattern that this campaign was going in and i just kind of played off of it and the solarian islands in and of itself is a really great place because it connects two of the biggest land masses in the world. And it's like a intersection where people can trade and restock. So you get a lot of shady people is probably the wrong word, but you get a lot of people that are in it for their own, their own gain. So you have people like Javaris Farah who's protecting druggies because otherwise they would just be thrown in prison and he can offer them, you know, solitude in, in his, uh, in his care. The bounty list is, people that were wrongly accused by the government for doing things and would have been ostracized by society if they had been branded in such a way that marked them as criminals. And so they created this enterprise under the city who still had a greater good in mind when it came time for the Solarian Islands. But yeah, they're not like the ones that had the extremely noble cause from the beginning. Like we have to do all of these noble things in order to protect our people from Harlan Planer. So one Quick question. Um, concer- concerning the bounty list, how long has that been around? Was it something that around this time kind of expanded really quickly because more and more people, because of Harlan Planer, were getting wrongfully accused, kind of like we were? Or has this been around for a while and they just kind of 
keep getting more members and some kind of go out once the government's kind of forgotten about them type. They had been around for a long time. Um, and it was the Solarian Islands had always known that they were around. They just didn't know where they were. And so that was part of the reason why they started wrongly accusing people because they knew these people were still around because they were getting broken out of prison and things like that. So people were obviously still around and they were hoping that by wrongly accusing more and more people who would then be brought in, eventually somebody would slip up with more people being there. And that ended up happening. That one girl that you guys had with you ended up betraying your bounty list and you had an underwater transport smashed through the glass window trying to kill everybody within the bounty list in Mortendale. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I got a good last question to end us with. Do you... If you could do this campaign again, would you do anything differently? This may make me sound like a jerk, but I kind of regret not attacking those that council of people that protected all the items. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind even if I died, I kind of just felt like they were they needed to be taken down a peg. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I really kind of do regret not attacking them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really just feel like somebody needs to punch one of them in the face. <laughs> As Howie, the druid, I would have probably done the last battle a little differently. I wasn't exactly, I don't know, I guess I, I didn't I didn't think very clearly when we were doing it, and I just didn't do a whole lot in the battle, and that was by my own putting myself in a bad spot by giving Maglath haste, which then if I would have taken that away from him, he would have been immobilized for a turn and then but I needed my concentration to do something else that would have been bigger and actually helpful. So I misplayed the end there, but it worked out okay. But I probably would learn from that and do better next time. The one thing that I would I would do differently, I don't know if Jared would and he might cry a little <laughs> bit over this. <laughs> is not having started a business at all. <laughs> Knowing what I know now that the whole business just kind of went away. Wouldn't have spent so much time trying to kind of think of a structure for it because we, Jared and I spent quite a, a good couple hours thinking about this. He, we had spreadsheets. We had, you guys get like 10% of this. You get 10% of <laughs> Which this. Which we were so and, happy about. <laughs> yeah, everyone was thrilled. That, so if I would have known the whole business thing would have just gone under a couple nights in, I would have been like, you know what? Let's not even do it because it's not worth this much thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's all retrospect, though, right? But right, you guys yeah. had a ton of fun in coming up with that. You and Jared yeah, did. That it was, was it was fun, fun but it was just a lot of work kind of just <laughs> thrown out the window a couple nights in. It was like, all right, well, we got to go on this adventure now. I think for me, there was one battle with the Abolith that I wish I could have redone because there were some things that I missed that were pretty cool about the the Abolith, but it didn't make that big of a difference in the end. Um, I still, I still am, I'm not, I, I'm not sure what I would have done differently, but the whole going on quests for items felt like it dragged on for a really long time for me. And I don't know if it lost, like the campaign lost momentum there or not, but for me, it was kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure how everybody's feeling about this, but I feel like it's dragging on for a while. Um, so I don't know what I could have done differently to make that process easier, but that was the one thing that I kind of have been wrestling with the whole time I was going through that scenario. So, Did that give influence to the fact that like we only ever were able to recover two of them? 
No, I always had it in my mind that Harlan Planer was a smart guy and he was going to try and find these because he's, you know, he can slowly start to figure out who you guys are. Um, the other, the other ones, I, I was glad that you used gaseous form or windwalk or whatever because that sped up the process a lot trying to find a couple of them. Because uh, otherwise, those could have turned into, you know, two whole nights of, you know, trying to find these items and it would have been even longer, but yeah, I, I don't think it, I don't think it necessarily turned into me speeding up the process to try and get them gone or to get, get past that kind of story arc. But I think that was yeah. my favorite part of the campaign. Really? Actually, yeah. Trying to find those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of playing D and D, you know, it might not be the most fun for somebody, but it's, it's usually fun for somebody else. And we each have our, points in a campaign that are fun and we each have our points in our campaigns that are like yeah it was good may not have been the best but you know we we deal with it and move on so and that's epilogue night <laughs> night everybody that's all folks so i hope through our discussion you've learned a little bit about you know the history of panthea and and more importantly than that i hope that you as dms and players learned a little bit from hearing our discussion about being a DM and being players, because I think just listening to other people tell their stories, sometimes we can gain a lot of influence and a lot of knowledge that can help us go forward in our campaign. So that's all we have for you today on this episode of the Dungeon Masters Block. We hope that you have enjoyed listening to the end of this campaign or discussion, some really great discussion and insight into the adventures on the Solarian Islands. Chris, if our listeners would like to get in touch with us, where can they reach us at? Yeah, you can email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. Send us all of your emails. If there's any questions that you had specifically about the Solarian Islands campaign, feel free to email us there. You can also send us a five-star review on iTunes. Help us get out in front of more people by letting them know that this is a show that is worth being listened to. You can also follow us on Google Play Music and on Stitcher and various other podcasting apps, Android devices as well. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. And you can like our Facebook page. Both of those places will have great D&D memes and updates about the show. We have a Patreon member shout out of the week. And this week's Patreon member is period. That's, That's right. <laughs> Just period. Just the little period Not symbol. Not written out period. <laughs> Just the symbol. Just That's it. Period. That's it. <laughs> what is period? Period is a bronze dragon. So Period. That's it. Bronze dragon listen, period. Listen, period, thank you so much for your support. We are so thankful for you. Period. 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 Exclamation point. On no. That period. <laughs> not. Just period. <laughs> and with that, we want to let you know that the Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. You can go to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com and find all of the other great shows that we have in store for you there. So go over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com and check them out. And that's it for this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all their people at the table. Have a good night, everyone. And keep on Dungeon Mastering, period. Period. Exclamation point. <laughs>
goodbye.